talk to the hand. Oh, what's in the box? This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. But... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Explosive Hammer Podcast, episode 005. This is a very special episode for two reasons. One, because we're barely able to bring it to you right now. Brian and I were on the Oregon Trail, mostly Brian. Brian's about to die of dysentery. <laughs> um, but we're going to power through these sicknesses because we got to get through our top five lists of 2017, as well as our uh, most anticipated for 2018. So, uh, I'm one of your hosts, Jeremy, as always, joined by my co-host, Brian. Brian, how you doing this week? Other than being sick, I'm all right. Yeah? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. So, we kind of talked about beforehand like as far as what we watched this week there's really only one big one right there's just one we want to talk about yeah okay so we're going to be talking about bright which we kind of touched on at the end of the last one um i don't even (laughs) i don't even know where we want to start with this one (laughs) start with this one um tell me okay tell me what you did like what i did like i think you'll agree on this Joel, you pronounce it Edgerton? I say Edgerton, yeah. I don't know why that's, he, like, a thing. He killed it, right? I thought. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even even as, like, an orc in, in costume, his mannerisms were really, really good. Everything he did was, like, really good. I thought he did an absolutely amazing job as, as somebody behind a bunch of makeup. Will Smith was his usual self. But I thought Joel did a really good job, and that was probably my favorite part of the film, honestly. What was yours? Yeah, I agree. Well, I, I think mine was the, like, the um, makeup and all that stuff like the actual character design or whatever you want to call it but um i agree with you like joe joe edgerton was definitely like if he hadn't been the other half to like the the buddy cop mm-hmm. thing i don't think it wouldn't have been as good definitely i don't think i would have liked it nearly as much if it was will smith and somebody who wasn't able to to pull that off but like you said the makeup and everything like all the the practical makeup and all the costumes and stuff that was really good too for sure yeah i think um so I, I like texted you when I was like 30 minutes in and so that was like at that point it was just kind of like world building and kind of like setting up the story and I really like I, I still think this is true because I ended up watching it a second time and I still okay. I still say it's true like I, I really enjoy the first 30 minutes mm-hmm. I, I like very distinctly remember where I started to be like what the fuck is going on here? Which was when? What, so was what part's like, that? It was at 44 minutes. It was when they um when they first discover the wand and the other cops turn on him. I okay. Got, oh, spoilers. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I just, I got soup. I was like, okay. Like, none of this shit was thought out at all. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that was where everything, like, just slowly kind of fell apart for me. Yeah, there were, like, I saw some complaints about people saying it seemed like it it suffered from almost, like, a different direction in the second half of the film or something. And I don't necessarily know that it was a completely different direction, but it just, it had, like, it had a ton of potential. Like you said, I was really enjoying, like, the early parts of the film. I was really enjoying them, actually. I was, like, worst film of 2017, not by a long shot. Right. And I still don't think it's the worst film of 2017, as somebody said, or whatever, but, um... I think that it certainly lost its wheels, like you said, about 45 minutes in or whatever, and just, it just started, I, it was pretty predictable too, which yeah. isn't necessarily like a big gripe I have with it, but I mean, did you, I forget, did, either I knew beforehand, or they basically tell you, you you know that Will Smith's a bright, like, you pretty much can see that well, coming from a mile away. Yeah. <laughs> do they, I, but do they tell you at the beginning, I don't honestly don't remember if they hinted no, or something. No, like, they don't, that's, like, that is supposed to be a surprise. But yeah, I thought that was obviously pretty pretty obvious. And yeah. um but yeah, so you did for you though, or is it like did you feel like it picked back up or were you kinda let down the rest of the film? Well, I wasn't totally let down the rest of the film, but like it didn't totally redeem itself either. Mm-hmm. It kinda had some back and forth, like um I don't know if you'll remember where Will Smith like they kinda have like a moment when um he's like that sounds super fun. anyways. They have like a moment when he's <laughs> they're in like a locker room or a bathroom or whatever. And mm-hmm. he's like he's talking about how like he's not a good person or whatever, and I was like okay like Will, maybe Will Smith's trying a little bit you know like he's not <laughs> there were a lot of parts that really bugged me with him but mm-hmm. there were some parts where I was like okay I'm you know this is all right but um 
Yeah, so it was just kind of like this kind of like up and down, back and forth thing for me at mm-hmm. least. Yeah, uh, certainly feel the same way. How would you feel about Ike Barinholtz's character, like him playing that role? Because he's usually a funny guy. Which one was he? I can't. He he's like the mustache cop that seems to be giving Will Smith like the most shit at any given time. I, I didn't like that character at all. Um, yeah, I really didn't either. Like at all. <laughs> and I think like I don't know. There was so much like, well, especially I was saying like when they all turn. I just thought that mm-hmm. that that was like a a really big deal to the rest of the right. story. And it was just I don't know if it was like written poorly or like written weak, but like. They just kind of lost me there for a second. Because it was like, well, what mm-hmm. the fuck? Like, in a matter of 30 seconds, all of these cops just turn on other cops and they're, like, ready to kill them? Yeah. And, I don't know. Probably a bigger deal than they made it to be in the film. And then they kind of joke about it the rest of the film. But, yeah, Will Smith, you killed a bunch of cops. And, yeah, they, they're... So, for the parts, though, um, besides Joel and, like, the makeup, like, as far as the story goes, the parts that I did, like, I, I thought the... The FBI was pretty interesting. Like, every part, every, like, race and stuff they introduced in the film, I really wanted to know a lot more about. I thought it was really cool. Like, they show us the rich elves and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I thought the world was really cool. You see, like, the dragon flying in the sky in one shot, and you're like, shit, like, there's just just casual (laughs) dragons in this world. So it's really cool. But, so, like, I thought the FBI elf was really cool because he didn't end up being, like, a bad guy. Like, that's one thing that... I was like, if he if there's a twist and he ends up being a bad guy, that's pretty stupid. But I was I was impressed. I was like happily surprised that he ended up not being a bad guy because he was like the strong silent type the whole time. Yeah, reminded me of like Elrond or something from Lord of the Rings. But yeah, he was pretty badass. And then did the elf did the bright that was with Will and Joel? Did she not remind you of Lilu? Yeah. From, oh yeah, 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 absolutely. I kept getting Lilu vibes a lot. <laughs> what her name is? Uh, what, oh, it's Tika. But it, yeah, I don't know. Still, yeah, I, I definitely got that same vibe. Yeah, she was reminding me a lot of her. So, um, and then just my one last major gripe with the film because I I noticed this a lot, and this is I hate this when any film does this because it's you know when you learn screenwriting or anything, this is like top five rules you don't do. You don't just do like exposition. Like you don't just tell uh, the the viewers what they're about to see or what they've already seen. Yeah. And there were way too many times where like the there's a couple that stand out in my head, and one of them is where Will goes. The lock. The lock's outside. And I'm like, okay, yeah. it's one thing. He goes, And then he goes, we didn't bring the lock in. They're going to see the lock. It's outside. They're going to know we're in here, like, basically. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you don't you don't really need to force feed us this. And yeah. and I just I thought it had some potential in that way that it could have, like, it could have hinted at the world more, and that would have been cool, as opposed to, like, and the other thing was when he brought the guy in for questioning, the FBI do, and they shine the little light on the back of his neck. And instantly, I'm like, oh, that's cool. He's, like, branded. Like, he's part of the group. And then the guy's right, like, right, oh, right. so you've you've got the tattoo and you're part of the group. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that was another complaint that I had. But um, not the worst film 2017, like I said. No. Uh, but, but a lot of potential. And that's one thing we talked about was, like, potential. Yeah. I want to touch on what you said, too, because that was also my – that was my only other, like, major gripe was – um. Yeah, like you said, just, like, explaining the logic of everything, which mm-hmm. kind of, like, I didn't expect that, mainly because End of Watch, like, that's one of my favorite parts about that movie is that it doesn't do that at all, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of things going on that are, like, very smart moves by some of the characters, and it's not, you know, it's not, like, brought straight to your attention. Right, but yeah, exactly. The first one that threw me off was the same thing, like, when uh, when the cops turn on him or whatever, and he's like, get in the car, bulletproof windows. I'm yeah, like, no, like, that one too. What? Like what like whether they are or not, why do you need to tell your partner? <laughs> yeah, I, that was another part. And um, he says it like three times in that scene too. I know he does. I was just going to say, doesn't he say it later? I swear he says it. Then they're yeah. driving and yeah. somebody's like on the on the front and he's like, mm, "Still bulletproof." Like, "Okay, I'm yep. glad that it's still yeah, bulletproof." He, he says it to one of the guys trying to shoot him <laughs> and then like I'm pretty sure the third time he just says it. <laughs> he's like hasn't spoken for a few seconds. He's like Bulletproof windows. <laughs> Bulletproof windows. That's really funny. Um, but speaking of, because you just reminded me really quickly of the other character that I thought was really stupid at first. Poison? Was that his name? Yeah. The, yeah. But then actually, as they showed us his like, shit bag and the fact that he's trying to get the wand to walk, I was like, actually, I, I kind of like this character. Like, right. He was developed like pretty quickly, I thought, at first. But then like I actually really liked his like motivation. Like I didn't think it was... At first, I thought he was like a really lame gangster character. But then like I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Especially like you don't... It's different to have like the lead gangster like crippled, you know, like like that or whatever. So I right. thought that was cool. Like his character was pretty interesting as a little aside. Um, but yeah, this was more Suicide Squad than End of Watch. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Now all that being said, 
Are you excited for a sequel? Right. So did they, as soon as this came out, were they, like, confirmed for a sequel? Did they wait, like, because I knew that there is one, as you said, or whatever, yeah. but are they, they like, when was, was that like, confirmed? It was, the, like, the same day that it released, I think. Like, I mm. think it was a done deal, pretty much, and they just, they didn't announce it until then. That, yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense that there's a sequel, because there was just certainly too much to do and to show in yeah. that world. And But if there's going to be a sequel, I kind of wish they had taking the first one a little bit slower maybe at some parts and then right you know, it, and done it, in the it sequel. wasn't a short movie either Mm-mm, like it no. was a, it was a decent length but just still just too much yeah just a little under two hours but but um yeah i just wanted to see more of some things certainly interesting oh and the the fight scene in the gas station i actually thought was one of the coolest scenes i've ever seen in a movie like i oh, was actually yeah, the, uh... incredibly surprised at how much <laughs> i liked it yeah yeah, there were definitely some like some of the action I I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think I don't know. I I'm actually I'm pretty excited for a sequel. Be, oh, I guess I'm just hopeful <laughs> that they'll fix right all of these gripes. But I mean, like, they spent so much money. I forget what it is. I think it was like ninety million to make this one. And yep. I'm like, goddamn. Yeah. And, oh, and you know what? I gotta go back and fix something that I said in the last one. So in the last one, we were talking about, uh, I think it's David Ayers, the director, and he was the director of Suicide Squad. And I had mentioned the story of like he was brought in later um, during the production, which was totally wrong, but I know what I was thinking of. He was only given six weeks to have the writing for Suicide Squad done. Oh, that makes sense. So when this was coming out, he like he had plenty of time. And that's where I was like, okay, so, you know, he's got enough time. He's not, like, uh-huh. you know, being completely dictated and whatever. But I guess he didn't use his time wisely. Right. You were thinking, I can I can look past Suicide Squad, but you've, you've been given time. Don't disappoint me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm excited for the sequel, too, because I, like, I'm excited for it more so to see like what what they do rather than like oh i need to see like soldado for example where the first one was so good you need to see the second one this one's gonna be yeah. more of like you know first one was interesting and i want to catch the second one and see what they do right so yeah that did you um did you have anything else that you watched this week did you watch like other christmas movies um you know i honestly don't think i caught a single other movie other than one that's actually in my top five so i'll save that oh um and i started watching black mirror but that's just a little tease because our next podcast i'm definitely gonna use that as what i watched this week i'm excited because i just like uh earlier today i watched a little bit of the first one the first one's really good it's cool yeah but um cool so yeah that was pretty much it for what we watched this week bright i would still say watch it I think it's worth watching, yeah. but yeah, don't get your hopes up too high. <laughs> yep. Um, so let's see. We've got we, we've got to send off the year. We've got to send off 2017. So we're gonna go through our top five. Um, each of us have our own top five lists of 2017. Here's the thing: 2017 was a fucking stellar year in film. Uh, there were so many like massive movies, like blockbusters, big budget movies, little like indie movies that knocked it out of the park. So much yeah. stuff that got released this year. I don't think either of us stood a chance at seeing everything that released or whatever that was critically acclaimed. So this, the both of our top five lists here, those are just of what we watched. You know, nobody needs to like harass us and tell us that we missed this or that because. I, I think, Brian, I think you and I are both aware we missed a lot of good movies this year. Just to, like, um, just to prevent the, the backlash, I actually had a list, but it's not on my other computer. I had a list of films that I wasn't able to catch. Oh, right. Like, I wrote down, I was going to read off quickly, by the way, I didn't catch, and I was going to read <laughs> off a list of about 15 films that I had the unfortunate mispleasure of not being able to catch before 2017's over that I plan on watching. But, yeah, so, as Jeremy just said, I'll probably mention a few in a little bit. Definitely wasn't able to catch all the great films this year. So, yep, don't hate us, but the ones we do talk about, uh, we're still good. So, <laughs> Yep, absolutely. Uh, the way we usually do this is we'll just go back and forth one for one and uh, each talk about one of the movies on our list. So, Brian, you want to kick us off with uh, one of your top five movies of 2017? Yeah, um, so these are in no particular order. Uh, these are just my top five films that I enjoyed the most. And uh, so as we were talking about it and we were putting our list together, 
I know that you had said that you were your list is a lot of like, if not all movies that you thought a lot about, right? Uh, movies yeah. that really made you think. Yep. So uh, I was thinking about that when I made this list, and um, and also just what movies I had fun watching. So just really quickly, uh, this number five is not the best film, certainly, but it was really good, and I had a lot of fun watching it. So uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is my number five in no particular order um, for my favorite films of 2017. And I also had, like, Logan on before, but it got bumped. So I wanted to contain it to just one superhero movie at the <laughs> most. Um, I decided to go with this one. Spider-Man was also in the running, didn't catch Thor. But, yeah, I had a ton of fun watching this one. Obviously, the sequel to the first Guardians of the Galaxy, which was a ton of fun. Um, both written and directed by James Gunn, who just seems like a really fun guy as well. Um, the movie's funny. Uh, the action sequences are really cool. You've got Vin Diesel as the voice of a tree and... Uh, <laughs> Bradley Cooper is the voice of a raccoon. So uh, already I think you've got some, some star talent there, but then you had like Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, and I can't think of the wrestling guy's name right now, but Drax, because he, I can't think of his name though. Batista. Um, but he, yes, Batista. Batista. I, and I'm glad you said that because I really wanted to remember him specifically. <laughs> I just, like he, what do you think of Drax in these films? Isn't he just one of like the best things about him? Yeah, yeah, so I liked him. Um, in the first one, and then the second one, I really, really liked him. Like seriously, he just kills it. Yeah, he does really good in the second one. Um, and he's just a lot of one-liners, but yeah, Bautista d- does a really good job of delivering them. And really, they don't ask too much of him. Like he can kind of just be his like meathead sort of self. But there's still stuff to it. Like Drax has actually a really sad and elaborate backstory that you hear more about in this one. Um, and I honestly think if there was just a Drax movie, I'd almost be tempted to watch it. I don't yeah. think it would even be, like, that exciting. But I just think he does such a good <laughs> job. So I'm excited to watch him more. So uh, I remember, but, like, the first – the first when I watched the first one, I was with a, a friend of mine. And I was, like, talking about this. Like talk, I was like, wow, he's, like, really surprised me. And they were like, well, yeah, like, he was a wrestler. But, I mean, he was – he's an actor. And I was like – Right, true. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I guess I, I guess wrestling is acting, you're right. Um, but, hey, still did a great job. <laughs> no, yeah, but beyond that, certainly. Excuse me. <clears throat> yeah, so he's really good. Uh, Chris Pratt's his usual, like, funny uh, self in it, uh, cute, charming self. And um, I'm excited for the third installment, which I, is a year or two away. I don't know if it's next year or the year after. And I'm super excited for Infinity War because it's going to have the Guardians in it along with all the other like superheroes. I'm just really I really love that universe, uh the Marvel universe. Not it's really a DC crazy. fan. Yeah. And yeah, it's nuts, right? Like you've seen the trailer for Infinity War, I assume. Yeah. So you know how nuts it's going to get with yeah. Doctor the Doctor and the Guardians and all the Avengers. So yeah, that looks nuts. Super excited. So this is just obviously one of the extension Marvel movies from that whole group. Um I so can yeah, actually like remember. Said. This is really, this is really dumb and totally off the wall. I can actually <laughs> remember um, riding with you to get lunch, like before the first Avengers came out. Like I don't even think there was a trailer or anything yet, and we were just talking about how like unfathomable it was that they were making an Avengers movie with all of these different characters, and now yep. like uh, you know Infinity War, like that's that you know times ten on speed. And crack and all that good stuff. Like, <laughs> yes, it certainly it's is. Insane. You've now added Tom Holland, the Guardians. Yeah. Um, so I'm super excited for that. And uh, yeah, so like I said, it wasn't the the most critically acclaimed film. Still really good. Um, and this one has as the dad Russell, uh, Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell as the dad. So is that right? Yeah, yeah. It, okay. Russell, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, and he does he does a pretty good job too, and like the epic fight's really cool. So yeah. Not, the, not like the the most critically acclaimed movie, but I had a lot of fun watching it. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, the, especially with the soundtrack, this movie's oh, just yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, I can't go with, without mentioning the soundtrack. Thank you for bringing that up. Soundtrack's <laughs> amazing to both of them. I mean, yeah, it's like one of the whole major plot points. Obviously, is uh, Chris Pratt's. Um, him keeping his little cassette player that his mom gives him before she dies, and it's got it's got a really good soundtrack that they play throughout the movie, and in really cool spots too, like for like different fights and stuff. It's pretty cool. So that was my number five. What was yours? Uh, my number five, like you said, no particular order, but I want to talk about a ghost story, uh, starring Casey Affleck. Now, I don't want to get terribly deep into this movie because I think it's one that just everybody needs to watch. Um, the biggest things I'll say is that it's it's a definitely a slow burn and i 
I'm a big fan of movies like that. But if you're not in the mood to watch something like that, then this will not end up on your tw- top five of 2017. But um, I really, really enjoy this movie. I think it captures, like, if you've seen Interstellar, there's, like, a very big theme about, like, time time and space and, and our relation to that. And, you know, love is thrown in there as well. I think this movie, A Ghost Story, tells that whole, like, explores that a lot more in depth and kind of captures it a lot better than than I felt like they did in Interstellar. Also, Casey Affleck just does a great job at playing a a, a ghost under a sheet. A but, sheet the um, entire time. <laughs> yeah. No, but it really is like and and A24 is like killing it with all of their movies this past year and this is just another one that um was just like really well executed and I really really enjoyed it. Yeah, I caught a little bit of this film, and the little bit that I did made me want to watch the rest of it because it it's such an interesting concept for a film. Yeah. Like, and it's so cool the way that they have, like, the way that they project the ghosts as being, like, the sheets walking around and stuff. I don't know. Right, it's just right. really, really, really simple, obviously. You know, that's, like, the most basic yeah. ghost that we think of. But them using it was, was really, really cool. Um, and then this film's also known for the pie-eating scene, right? <laughs> yes. Um, I can't think of her name. But yes. I, I can't either. She eats an entire pie. Fun little fact: that was the first time she ever had pie in her life. Yeah, I can't. I think it's oh Rooney Mara. I think that's what yep. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, pie. Uh, Heart pie. <laughs> one continuous shot of, of eating the pie. But yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to catch this one because, like I said, I caught a little bit of it and I was like, "Damn, this isn't." I didn't really know too much about it. Yeah, um, that's and that was the thing. Like, I. I I just feel like it, it's a movie where you have to be, you almost have to be like prepared. You know what I mean? Because there are a mm-hmm. lot of scenes that are just like very slow, and there's there's very very little dialogue in the whole movie. Right. So it's like the you know it just moves at a pace where like if you're if you want something if you want Infinity Wars and you watch Ghost <laughs> Story, you're not gonna like it very much. And uh, warning, it's sad. I think doesn't it have a sad ending? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's I yeah. Think I, it's I mean. It's it definitely tugs at your heartstrings the whole way because it's all about love and loss and right. Um, but yeah, it does have a sad ending. Yeah, but the aesthetic and everything I thought was really cool. All right, all right. what else you got we'll for, go to four? for us? Yeah. Okay. All right, number four for me was um so this was a netflix original i think yes it or it was released on, yeah i think it was a netflix original uh okja do you know anything about this movie yeah it was a netflix original i okay i'm glad you have it on your list it was it's on my list of movies i missed but i wanted to see it yeah this was really this was one of the few films that got really good critical acclaim that i didn't realize beforehand like going uh-huh. in i didn't realize how good these other movies for the most part like i knew what i was getting myself into and i was probably watching them because they were so critically acclaimed this one right. i honestly like we were kara and i were just like you know the usual scrolling through netflix what can i watch and netflix pushes their original content pretty heavy especially when it's new so this was on there and i don't there's not i i won't get too much in this film because it's really really like this is one of those kind of like ghost story where i feel like it's better to see than to like it, it, certainly it's different style and pace but you still want to be prepared going into this one because it is it's really heavy it's really sad and i think that it's got some parts that you won't quite like expect um paul dano's in it and he plays like a pretty crazy radical guy um and jake gyllenhaal also plays a really really like nuts character and actually i really didn't like jake gyllenhaal's character at all in this um and then tilda swinton plays a like pair of identical twins in it and that gets kind of weird too. It's a weird film. Like it's, <laughs> it's weird. But the 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 whole the whole base premise is that Okja is the name of the super pig that this little girl raises, and then it's supposed to be like taken from her to be slaughtered or whatever because that's like the whole point of why they're raising them. It's like, it's a commentary on, you know, the essentially like the meat business or whatever. Right. right. And it, and it does a pretty good job. Like my girlfriend's a vegetarian, and after watching the film, I was like, like I didn't, I'll never ever stop eating meat. <laughs> but yeah. but 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 this one pulled Th- at this my one was close. 
it, it was I was like, damn, like you, it's sad, but yeah. it's really good. And like I said, after like I watched it and I was like, damn, that was really good. And then like as I see reviews and stuff, I see that like it won an award at Con, uh, got really good reviews. It's got some pretty good actors in it um, that don't really necessarily take over, except for Jake at times. So yeah, Okja, it's on Netflix. Go check it out if you're if you're looking to be sad and not want to eat after. <laughs> Just um, line up a double yeah. marathon, Okja, and a ghost story. <laughs> No, I'm really excited. Yeah. I, I wanted to see it really bad. Uh, I think I think it's a really interesting concept. Like, because I, I just saw like the trailer, mm-hmm. you know. And actually, I didn't even know for a long time that it had like Paul Dano and and Gyllenhaal and uh, those other characters. I just thought it was the girl and her her super big. Right, um, right. Yeah, yeah. Really Paul cool. Paul Dano sort of comes not like out of nowhere, but his character's really his character's like pretty crazy. And then, um, yeah, so obviously Okja's uh, CGI the whole time. So that's just a pretty cool, you know, you have, like, the entire cast reacting yeah. to and acting around something that's not there. So that's always interesting to see how that's done. And just I thought it did a really good job. Nothing nothing about this film was corny to me. I thought it hit pretty much on all ends. Um, the Which serious is, stuff. Which is funny, like, stuff. considering, like, the premise. You know what I mean? Right, like, exactly. Like, if you just told someone it's a Korean girl and her super pig, they'd be like, oh, God, <laughs> I've seen this movie a thousand times. <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> Korean super pig. Nice, yeah. Nothing I haven't seen before, but... But uh, <laughs> this one, what like I went in thinking it was gonna be like a weird, fun film, and then it was right. it was weird, but it it was fun at times. But I I certainly didn't know what I was getting myself into. Yeah. But ended up getting two thumbs up. It was a great film. So yeah. Alrighty. But that was my number four. Uh, in order. So what's yours? Uh, next one I have is Dunkirk. Did you see this? I you know I wanted to over and over. And I never ended up catching it. <sighs> well. It's, I mean, it's just Christopher Nolan doing Christopher Nolan doing Christopher Nolan. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a really great story. Like, I like that this one, um, you know, ties into like he, that he actually took on like a historical setting and story and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I really don't have a whole lot to say other than, like, it's just like everything that you love about a Christopher Nolan movie is in this movie. Like, great cinematography, like the, the, the musical, the score is amazing, the acting you know everybody does a great job in their roles and it's just it's a fantastic story how long is this film it's i think it's a little over two hours but i don't think okay. it's as as lengthy as his other ones right because he's a, yeah he's a pretty lengthy guy i just remember as i was watching the trailers like thinking this movie has like a lot going on like it seems like as like they're showing different scenes like it just seemed like they're they had a, like a lot to cover it does um, like it takes so. it takes like just enough time for you to kind of like catch up and then it I, it it moves at a pretty fast pace but okay you know you don't lose anything along the way there's a there's a lot of story but it's a lot of great story and it's told very well yeah, I'm definitely going to check this out because Saving Private Ryan is one of my, if not honestly, my favorite film because of, like, I mean, because of a lot of things, but one of the things is the historical accuracy. Yeah. And the the way that everything just feels, the like, the war feels real. And I and Dunkirk looked like that to me. Like, it, it looked right. like some of the things that Private Ryan had, obviously, like, very specifically as people were being shot in boats and stuff. Like, it just looked real. Um, there was no, like, shying away from what happened, obviously, and films are always good in that respect, so definitely wanted to check out Dunkirk, and Nolan's name on it just means that I don't, it doesn't seem like it was going to disappoint. Yeah. So. The sound, well, I, I just thought of this when you were talking about, like, those scenes where they're, you know, shooting at the, mm-hmm. but, uh, the sound in this movie, I wish I had seen it in theaters, because, uh, oh my god, it, like, you feel, you feel like you're there. That's <clears throat> cool. It's just, um, Yeah. Who who's are there big names attached to this? Like the the main, one of the main actors is like Scarecrow from the Batman. Begins, yeah, isn't yep, he? yep. And I couldn't think of his name. That's why I, <laughs> I I never know his name. But I do like him a lot, <laughs> and mm-hmm. he, he does and he does really great in this movie too. Is he's he actually like, probably my favorite character. Okay, is he a main character? or Do they not have a main character? Um, yeah, he is. He's part of the main characters, but yeah, okay. there, there's multiple. And then, like, the only other th- question I wanted to ask was one of my, like, old co-workers. I asked him about this film. He said he really liked it. And he said that, you know, if you're going to go see it, make sure you're really paying attention to, like, the first five minutes. Because, like, it's just pretty important. Like, I guess if you just sort of miss the opening sequence, you might not know what's going on or something. Or it's like a um, a story with a frame a frame story, maybe? Like, somebody telling a story? Something. I Obviously, I haven't seen it, so I have no idea. Um, well, Is there I, any... I, 
I, I understand what he's saying. I think it's like most people. I think like that wouldn't be an issue to uh, right. To miss That's what I figured. He's ta- yeah, yeah. It's like one of those okay. things. I feel like you pro- like you wouldn't have to tell somebody that, and like they would be uh-huh. fine. They would stop. But yeah, I know what he's saying. Yep. I'll be checking it out for sure. It's not streaming on anything as far as I know. No, I think I forget where I had to pick it up, but I, I had to uh, rent it for a night. But yeah, that's probably what I'll have to do. But Dunkirk's on the list. Uh, what else you got for us? Okay, my number three. Um, let's go with let's go with the Meyerowitz stories for me. So this is a film that you talked about just last week or the week before I think the week, week before. before yeah yeah so or episode not necessarily week so yeah you had you talked about this film this is the one this is a Netflix original also um and this one has uh, Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler and Dustin Dustin Hoffman Dustin Hoffman I just sometimes I just get names mixed up I knew who, yeah so Dustin yeah. Hoffman who who does a really really good job um, in this film, but yeah, I know you're a big fan of it, and I was really, really surprised. Like, cause I had started this film, I got about ten minutes in, and then I just it, for no reason, like I was like tired or something, I ended up turning it off. Yeah. So I'm glad I gave it another chance, cause I had Logan on my list until I watched this. Basically, put it this way, this film was so good, I watched it last night, and I decided to put it on the list, um, yeah. because I, I liked it so much. <laughs> but yeah, the we sort of talked about the dialogue being really, really good, and it is. And it's funny though, because. I don't know, about 25 minutes into the film, maybe, Kara turns to me and she goes, is the dad autistic? And I was like, I don't, I don't know if, that, if, if, that, if that's what they're going for. But yeah, he does seem to have, he, he doesn't seem to be able to make because eye contact. Of the way and he, yeah. Right, and his sentences are very, you know, if you've seen this film, you know how, the, you know how Dustin Hoffman's character talks. He's very, like, matter-of-fact, straightforward. He'll talk over people. He's talking about what he wants. I don't know, there's so much to say about this film yeah. um, between the characters and the dialogue. Like, it's not action, you know, it's purely driven by the characters in the dialogue, um, but they just do such a good job. The scene with Ben Stiller and Dustin Hoffman, is there, I think you pointed this out uh, in a text or something, where they're going, excuse me, to lunch, right, and they're, they're trying to figure out a place to eat, but because of Dustin Hoffman, they end up going, like, to a bunch of different places, and eventually they sit down, and then when they do sit down, they're talking, Ben Stiller and Dustin Hoffman are talking over each other because... You know, they're both talking about like Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler and their sister's character. The whole the whole movie's basically, you know, trying to get their father to acknowledge that. Right, you know, right. They're like looking for validation. Right, exactly. They're they didn't. You know, he's an artist, and they weren't, and they were all artistically yeah. gifted, but they didn't follow through. And so, and, you know, and that's really all he can focus on. It seems like that he just really wanted them to be artists, obviously. So, like, in the yeah. lunch scene, ben, ben Stiller is saying, you know, Dad, like, I started my own business. It's a small firm. And all he's talking about, I think, is his show that's coming up, his art show. Right, right. Uh, the, the group show. Yeah, so, uh, but, and then there's the scene with Adam Sandler and Ben Stiller destroying the car. Like, I love that scene. That was, yeah. that was so, that was so <laughs> great to me. Yeah. And just, it's, um, it was just, it was fresh. Like, it was a really fresh take on on like not like fast paced like just dialogue driven movies like yeah, I don't yeah. know some some, dry, some dialogue driven movies don't don't feel real sometimes like it just the, the dialogue does feel like really scripted sometimes like yeah. it's not a conversation real people would have even though it comes off really good like uh, is it Aaron Sorkin the, the writer of the West Wing and like Social Network like he's really good at like creating those scenes where people are like talking and nonstop and stuff and it sounds yeah, good yeah. but it's not necessarily the most realistic Whereas right. this one, between the scene in the hospital where they're trying to figure out where Pam the nurse went, or oh, yeah. anytime, <laughs> anytime a scene ends with Adam Sandler screaming at somebody in traffic or whatever <laughs> yeah. to get the, it was just all done really, really well and new to me. So this was a, it, I was so surprised um, by this movie, how much it blew me away. Like I, it was absolutely incredible, and and you're a big fan too. Right? Yep, absolutely. That's what I was gonna ask you, like is uh later on i was gonna ask if you had like a most like your biggest surprise of this year as far as movies go and this was this was my number one um because yeah i I didn't expect much and like you said this movie blew me away yeah um the what's the uh, sister's name? Do you know the actress? It's like Elizabeth Marble or something like that i don't wanna I, i'm not I hope that's her name. i'm not hundred percent sure she was really funny as Jean right you don't yeah she's not, like, I really like Jean's character. Yeah, Gene was funny. There, the scene with like the there was no no Danny's and she chimes in no jeans when they're talking about like the, the artwork. Yeah, no, that was really funny. And then I don't know, last little bonus shout out, the daughter, 
Okay. For films. <laughs> when you said last little shot, it's like yes. <laughs> so I was like surprised I don't know. I, because I I don't know the actress at all. Right. But when I saw her like at the beginning of the movie, I just kind of I don't know like I don't know if it's like the way she looks or like whatever. But I was like, oh, this looks like kind of a stuck up actress. Who the fuck? And then uh, and then next thing I know, like she's showing her indie films. And I was loving them. <laughs> Me too. They're interesting. Um, yeah, I won't get too much into the films. If you have seen this film, you know what we're talking about. And if you are planning on seeing this film, enjoy the uh, enjoy the indie films the daughter makes. I I know I did. I love when they watch the first one though, and he's like, "Okay, I'll have to screen these from now on." <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was another unexpected. As much as the movie as a whole was unexpectedly good, those little scenes were unexpectedly weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They don't take me out of it or anything, but they no. were. Yeah, no, that was interesting. So great film. All right, so what was your number three? My third one on the list is Wind River, and I went into great detail about this on the last one. But uh, Wind River, Taylor Sheridan wrote, directed, does an amazing job. Jeremy Renner does an amazing job. I can't think of the Olsen girl. I cannot think of. I think it's Elizabeth Olsen. I yeah, never, it's Elizabeth. Okay, I never said her name in the last episode because I couldn't think of it. <laughs> but um, she also does a really great job. Um, since we talked about it in the last one, I've watched like some behind the scenes stuff, so I love this movie even more. <laughs> and it's just, it's a really great story. It's a great thriller. It'll keep you on the edge of your seat. And yeah. That's funny though that you didn't you like didn't mention her name because you weren't sure. But, uh, yeah, still have to check this one out. So that's really all I can say. I haven't checked it out since the <laughs> last one before. So I will. <laughs> what do you have? What do we have, two left? Yep, two left. All right. So I actually left these two as my last two because they are my favorite two on the list. Like, again, it is no particular order, but I, I did enjoy these two probably the most. I can't decide which one's one and which one's two. But my last two, one of them is Get Out. Um, this movie was Fuck very widely. Beck. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that the the Rotten Tomatoes reviewer? Yeah, yeah, no, he's a piece of shit. Um, fuck him. Yeah, this this <laughs> film had a perfect one hundred percent fresh rating for a while, and then he decided that he didn't like it for some bumfucker. This is the guy that what like enjoyed the Emoji Movie probably or some shit. I know he liked a bunch of bullshit. I think but anyway, so. Yeah, I think he got a fuck, tattoo. Fuck that guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, Get Out was Jordan Peele's directorial debut from Keen Peele stardom. So coming from a comedy background, you're not really sure what to expect because this is like a psychological thriller, like it's a horror film. There's some comedy spliced in between, but overall, you know, it's more like scary or thrillery, suspenseful than anything. And uh, I don't know, just the main things about this film that I took away were I watched it a second time, and the second time I watched it, I realized how, how much good foreshadowing there was. Like a little bit was obvious, and but a lot of it a lot of it was not and I was like really like I was I found myself like smiling out of the corner of my mouth as I was watching it the second time like oh okay Jordan like I see what you did there so yeah it's a really smart written film um it's poignant I guess right now because it's like with what's going on and stuff I mean yeah 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 it tells a story basically of white people taking over black people I don't know that's that's a very simplified way of saying it there's a, there's a lot going on in this film it's crazy but yeah. I, I loved it like uh, Daniel Kaluuya he absolutely just nails it in this role the dude is so good Yeah. like everything from the funny lines to the very serious like when he's being hypnotized like he's very good and yeah the, the cast in general is stellar Stephen Root uh, Bradley Whitford and Lakeith Sanfield is one of my favorites um, and he's in it so yeah get out uh hugely widely critically acclaimed and didn't disappoint me yep i actually i I watched it right after you talked about it i think in the first episode we ever did yeah you talked about it and so i watched it after that and i want i wanted to add it to add it to my list also but um i felt i just felt guilty about it because there was so much hype already right it's like oh i really really love this movie but i don't know if i should put it on my top five that's funny but yeah Great movie, and from I think I read an article where like uh, Jordan Peele wants to do or yeah wants to do more similar movies. Yeah, future, he does. Like. So I think that would be awesome. Yeah, I'm super excited for his future like scary projects because he did such a good job. You know, I was unsure of how this one would turn out, but it was awesome. So, and I'm glad that you glad you checked it out though. Actually, after that's really cool. <laughs> Alrighty, what's your number two? I have Good Time, starring Robert Pat- Pattinson. I don't oh. know if you saw this or not. 
No, I didn't. So I think it's another A A twenty four, uh, whatever. But this movie was this would be like my second surprise of twenty seventeen. Um, basically, the story revolves around Robert Pattinson, like his brother has like a whole situation that unfolds and gets him locked up at Rikers Island and Robert Pattinson has to raise his bail money in the course of like one night. Oh. So it sets him on this like crazy journey through whatever to, to scrounge up. I forget what I can't remember how much money it is, but uh a lot of money for his bail uh in a short amount of time. Robert Pattinson it's like a really crazy movie and the way that it's like shot is almost like trying to think of how to explain it it's very stylized like like similar to drive but it's okay. but it's fast paced it's it's much more fast paced okay um, um you said he has how long to get the money i think it's one night okay so is this shot is this one of those films that it just like takes you over the course of like one night yeah maybe, or yep. like one day yeah okay it's just like his yep and uh robert pattinson just he does like a a, a phenomenal job like a fucking amazing job i never would have guessed ever Um, yeah poor guy being branded by twilight you kind of feel bad (laughs) i know i know but you know what at the same time like maybe he is where he is now because he did the twilight movie that's true had to take on some weird roles but uh he like if it wasn't for him the movie would definitely be less in my book Um, right he he did a like i said just a phenomenal job well that's uh, cool yeah definitely definitely need to check that one out it's it's yeah, I don't think too often you'll hear like Robert Pattinson like lifted this movie. Not that like I'm not trying to <laughs> right. shit on the guy, but but that's cool. It's so. also I'm trying to think of the directors. The I know they're brothers. I can't think of their names, but their last couple films have been pretty okay. Um, but like I said, that kind of plays into like that style. They have their own little style that. Right, gotcha. Definitely check that out. I will. Man, we've um, just seen all of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> I feel All bad. Right. All right. You yeah, want to do number one? one? Or, yeah, last one. All right. All right. So my last of the top five of 2017 uh, was The Big Sick. So this is starring Kumail Nanjiani, and who you might know from, like, Silicon Valley success, amongst other things. He's a pretty funny uh, Indian comedian. And then you have – or, like, Pakistani, I guess. Wow, I'm racist. And then you have, like, <laughs> Emily – Emily Gordon is his real-life wife who – so this is based off a true story, and it's, it's called The Big Sick – you know, it tells a story of like basically them falling in love, and then he she gets she gets really sick, and he's by her side the entire time. So that's the general premise. Um, but the like one of the major things about this film, are yeah, because there's a lot of things going on. But one of the big things about this film that people that upset people and also made them really happy is there's a lot of like they're like an interracial couple obviously and uh-huh. with Kamel's family both in real life this is because it's based off a true story and so obviously in the film his parents are are not okay with him dating like a white woman right um, and that's like that's a big thing have you seen this film sorry i should have asked no that. no i haven't okay but i have a so, lot of questions when you're when yeah <laughs> so so that's one of, that's like obviously one of the big things and then and they deal with that a lot like they make jokes about it but they also deal with it in a very serious way and i saw a lot of people saying like thank you for this film because it really like i can relate to it like right. for, for those type of people and it has a lot of relatable things in it um really quickly i'll just say when when my dad was sick actually him and his wife went my stepmom they went and saw this film while he was sick and it tells a story of you know a loved one being really sick and not sure what's gonna happen and stuff i just i don't know how she managed to to watch this without it just being like the saddest thing they've ever seen but but yeah so it's just really relatable it's a very relatable real film it's directed by michael showalter who you probably wouldn't expect like do you know who that is i love uh Wet Hot American Summer, or yep, whatever. Yeah, Amer- yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's him. Obviously, he's part of the Stella group with like Michael Ian Black, and yeah. Like, and so he's he's a comedian. So this is a serious film for him. Knocks out of the park though. Uh, Zoe Kazan uh, plays Emily Gordon in the film, and she does really good. And then the last thing I want to say is Ray Romano plays uh, the dad for the girl in the film, and he he does really really good. Like Ray Romano out of nowhere it was almost like mvp of this film yeah uh, because he did such a good job but yeah what questions you got uh okay so i was gonna ask i i know that it's produced uh or at least partly produced by judd apatow and so i was wondering if it has like that that vibe to it does it have it definitely does there's parts you there's like some as serious as it is at times there's definitely some like um 
not 40 what's the uh, what's the one where she gets pregnant by Seth Rogen on it knocked up like uh-huh. it almost has some some like knocked up vibes as far as just like the jokes and stuff okay um but yeah not not ton of Judd Apatow heavy influence it really does feel a lot of like Kumail and his wife's work I know that she put like her soul into writing this script and everything you know after yeah. she went through it obviously so um it's more her than Judd but he, he does it's a good uh, point to raise though because he definitely you you see his influence a little bit yeah and then the only i guess my other big question which i'm guessing i know the answer to if it's in your top five of 2017 but with master of none like it ties in a lot to his kind of you know like his parents and how they mm-hmm. their their views and everything like that this i'm guessing is like totally separate like it's not like something where they're reusing a lot of the same material if that makes sense yeah no it's um i yeah i would say it's it's like a definitely like a different yeah yeah it's certainly a fresh take i guess compared to that okay cool yeah i'll definitely have to check Um, it out yeah and it, it just it really just from top to bottom like it was really funny um but it like i said it also tug at your heart and uh it does have a spoiler alert it has a happy ending so but uh, oh good now yeah. i can definitely watch it <laughs> yeah you can you can rest assured that if you watch it, it has somewhat of a happy ending <laughs> it it's a little ambiguous in the ending but you get the idea actually the ending is pretty perfect yeah so that that more or less is my number one um but just one of my favorites in general all right so what's your last film um let's see the last one that i've got favorite movie 2017 baby driver Oh yeah, uh, Edgar Wright. I just have I have a huge heart on for Edgar Wright. Always have. Who doesn't? Oh man. <laughs> and this was like just classic Edgar Wright. Everything that he liked. The soundtrack. I think I feel like he went with a lot more. Um, I guess like usually in his movies, like the soundtrack is always pretty great. But this one, there's a lot of. Uh, so anybody that doesn't know the the story, it's about a younger guy who has tinnitus. He is a driver for whatever thugs and bank robbers and whatnot. And there's a whole separate story with Kevin Spacey not trying to do evil things to his butthole. But anyways, um, <laughs> the, you know, like the moments where and and this is one of those things like Reddit's obsessed with pointing this out. But when he takes his headphones out and like you hear the ringing or whatever, like. Little things like that, or the very opening scene um, where there's a lot of tie-ins with, like, the lyrics to the songs and things uh-huh. that, like graffiti on the wall and stuff like that. Yeah, the editing was really cool there. Yeah, yeah, and it was just cool to see, like, Edgar Wright take things that he does really well and then kind of, like, experiment a little bit and try some other new things, and I think that they all worked really well. Yeah, um, this is one of mine that just, just didn't make the list. Yeah. It was it but. it was really great. The only thing that like I don't know, I wouldn't even say it bugged me, but I guess I didn't like that they had to go with like a story that ends in someone being put in a car that got tossed off of a uh whatever, parking garage. Right. But I don't know why I, that's like something that bugs me, but it just kind of did. Everything else about this movie I lo- actually there's one other thing that I just thought of. This is very much so still in my top five of 2017 but another thing that bugs me in movies is when kids act like they're like obsessed with like living in the 50s (laughs) yeah so like the girl works in the diner and she like wears Uh clothes and you know she talks like that i'm like come the fuck on (laughs) (laughs) no kid like no that's right i can agree with that but Um, anyways still one of my small complaints (laughs) Uh, about the film was actually just this is this is not specific this film at all it's it's every film and I completely understand like you have to do it because you can't for time's sake but like every every time somebody like falls in love with somebody they meet like at a diner or something it's just always super rushed I don't know how long they knew each other like in the movie but just he shows up randomly and he's like you need to get your stuff and we're leaving town like you're leaving your entire life behind and we're leaving right now and yeah like that's cool whatever but I I don't know it just seems like people are always falling in love way too quickly for me that she's just like all right yeah let's get the fuck out of here but no the the action and the driving in the film really cool and Edgar Wright from the Cornetto trilogy to uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which is one of my all-time favorite films. He he's just killed it. Yep, absolutely. But I do agree with what you're saying too, because it's like I think they maybe said three lines to each other the first time they met, and I guess mm-hmm. they were just like the three most perfect lines you could possibly <laughs> imagine. Right, and like I said, that's a complaint for a lot of films do do that, and I understand they have to, but just yeah. a pet peeve of mine when when like characters are always willing to just leave their entire life behind for somebody they just met. Yeah, but. 
yeah, no, but this this film was uh, really good. And like I said, it was like one of two after I bumped Logan. It was like this and Logan were two that just didn't make it. Um, yeah, but that I really really liked. Kudos to Logan too because it almost made my list. That was yeah, and I think um, like part of the only reason it it stayed off my list is because so so much of my like feelings for Logan were tied to you know like several other films. But right, that, that movie it, on its own was just a great flick. Yeah, and I actually I own the noir version, which isn't black and white, but I haven't seen it yet, so I'm excited Ooh. to watch that. Yeah, supposedly it's pretty cool, but for me, Logan didn't quite make my list because of Meyerowitz. Also, I, I didn't want to have two superheroes, specifically Marvel films, on my list. I'm not like a Marvel fanboy. They were good films, but not, I know what like, you mean. I know what you great. mean. I always <laughs> feel like I'm fanboying whenever I like, you know, I'm so I don't know. It yeah, likes, so I, I I didn't want to do that. Yeah. but interestingly enough, like we had, you know. 10 or uh, five movies that were like totally separate from one another and we still left so many here like another big one i wanted to put on was wonder woman yep except i haven't seen it (laughs) yeah i just know i know like that it's gonna be a phenomenal movie obviously like it's big you know because of like the whole girl power thing behind it which is awesome but Uh yeah i couldn't obviously i can't put it on my list but. Yeah, there were actually a lot of good quote unquote like girl or like girl power like girl lead movies and stuff. Between, oh yeah, because like, um, yeah, Lady, Lady Bird. Is that, yep, Lady is, Bird. Yeah. Uh, Mother, um, Girls Trip. I think is what's called, which I I guess is hilarious. Really? Yeah, I don't. Okay. I have seen a lot of like <laughs> smart people that I respect say this film was like surprisingly really funny, and then I looked at the cast and I'm like, but yeah, Are I you don't. Sure? <laughs> like, Seriously. <laughs> Okay. I I heard Sweet. it was like it incredible, um, incredibly funny. So, but yeah, like I was just gonna say really quickly, I haven't seen Shape of Water, Mother, the new Star Wars, Dunkirk, uh, Logan Lucky. Um, oh gosh, I don't know. There's just there's so many. I like I said, I had a list, so don't hate me if I Shape of Water. Did I say that? Sorry. I there's just so many that I haven't seen that I need yeah, to. Yeah. So. Same here. Yeah. Um. All right. So, 2017 amazing year in movies 2018 is like pretty lined up to be pretty good also yeah um, i hope so let's dive into real quickly five we've each got a list of five of our most anticipated movies of 2018 um let's just start off we've got now on this list we've got one that we both have yep and we talked about it a lot on the last episode too but um sicario 2 Soldado, or just as it will forever be known as in my heart, just Soldado, uh, starring Benicio del Toro and whatever you know, it's got the whole the whole cast, everybody. Uh, minus Emily Blunt. Emily, yeah, minus Emily Blunt, which is sad because she was really good in the first one. But yeah, but you know what? I I'm glad they're not bringing her character back. Yeah, I am I, too. I'm really excited to expand on. Uh, well, I can't think of his character, his name in the movie. Uh, Benicio's character's name. Yeah. I, I can't think of it either. I can't remember. I watched I'm the trailer again it. right before we recorded this. And nice. like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited. But it's funny though, because like you said, my my major complaint so far, nothing to do with like the the content of the movie, but the fact that it's not just called Soldado. Like, I don't know. I feel like they missed a really big opportunity to just have it simplified and sound so much better. Like Sicario, Soldado. Like, I don't know. They just it I sounds know. so much better than Sicario too. I know, and I think yeah. it would have sold plenty of tickets. That you know, I can't imagine like that it'll make that big of a difference, right? Like I understand they have to. It's for people that are stupid, like, and a lot of yeah. people are. They don't. They're not going to realize that it's a Sicario trailer. But at that point, they're not fans. Fuck them. <laughs> Do you remember the Tom Cruise movie with Emily Blunt that that had its name changed like several times, and they still like they just couldn't sell tickets. Um, no. It was like oh, Edge of Tomorrow. That was actually a good film. Edge of Tomorrow. I yeah, I love that movie, and I love the name Edge of Tomorrow. And Live Die it, Repeat. Yeah, then it was like Live Die Repeat, and then it was both of them, and then like, I, it, it was crazy. That that was like the first movie I think that really opened my eyes like to how big of a deal that is, I guess, in the world of Hollywood. Yeah, apparently I, I didn't. That was odd to me too. I remember like that having its name change and stuff, but the film itself was surprisingly good. But yeah, yeah. the title was weird. 
Um, so anyway, so we each have four left. What else do you have? What are you anticipated to see this year? All right, these are definitely in no particular order because I know nothing about them. And I'm going to hit on all these super quick. I'm just going to give you the title. I'm going to give you, if I have a release date, like a month. And then I'm just going to read probably the tagline. So uh, my first one is called Wildlife. The main reason I have it on here is because this is Paul Dano's directorial debut. Um, and it's also co-written by him and Zoe Kazan, and that's oh, who snap. wrote The Big Six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, or I'm sorry, started it, started yeah. it, started as Emily. So yeah, that's really cool. And this, um, it has Jake Gyllenhaal's main character, and the tagline is: In 1960, a boy watches his parents' marriage fall apart after they move to Montana, and his mother falls in love with another man. So, eh, kind of maybe a boring tagline, but overall, I think it'll be interesting. But like I said, mainly because Paul Dano is directing. Yep, I agree. I'm super excited for that also. Oh, and it's it's January of next year, so early. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So, all right. What's what's one that you got? Or the uh, first one. Okay, the first one I want to talk about is the unnamed. And like you said, I'm I'm pretty gonna be going through these quick. Uh, the unnamed Cloverfield Project, which does have a description, although I don't have it copied here. Essentially, uh, the story takes place in a space shuttle. Uh, catastrophe happens, oh. and a bunch of astronauts are stranded in space, and they got to figure out what's going on. But uh, it doesn't have a name yet. I am like fucking love the Cloverfield <laughs> movies. Uh, big fan of Cl- Ten Cloverfield Lane. I wish they had gone more like marketing wise the route of Cloverfield because I loved when the first Cloverfield came out. Like just trying to figure out what the fuck uh-huh. you know this movie was about. So yeah, I remember that. I'm really excited for this. I think it's gonna be um, amazing. My question for this one is: Is it gonna be a more direct sequel to the first Cloverfield, or just completely like Ten Cloverfield Lane, where it's in the universe but we might not even know it till the end, or it's not necessarily directly reflecting? I think just in the universe. I, I'm hoping that event like if they continue doing these like anthology type films, that eventually there will be, kind of like some hints or not some hints, but like some things that will like bleed through into these other stories, just like little things for fun. Right, right. But I think this will be a totally separate story. Okay, well I'm I'm excited for that too because Ten Cloverfield Lane was really good. Yeah. Uh, what else you got for us? All right. Okay, um, my next one is called Mid-90s. It's a it's an upcoming American coming-of-age drama, um, and this is Jonah Hill's directorial debut. Oh, so wow. And this is also an a, this is an A24 film. Okay. So, uh, some hype there. Yeah. But yeah, I guess as far as what I read about this, I think it's supposed to be the... Because it doesn't really have a tagline. It's got more of like a paragraph I don't want to read, but I guess it's supposed <laughs> to be like kind of like... I don't know if it's the male equivalent, but it's supposed to be similar to Lady Bird. Oh, okay, like, gotcha, gotcha. And I don't, I, I so I haven't seen Lady Bird, but I don't know if Lady Bird's kind of like a slice of life type film, you know, where, right? Like, I don't know. Um, I think, but I, I think, think that, that is. I don't know. Yeah, if that's the impression I, I get. This is supposed to be similar, um, and I don't see a release date for it yet, so no idea. But it's called mid '90s, and you know, we grew up in the mid '90s, so if it's set then, I think it could be relatable. Yeah, definitely. And, and, so, I, so I thought that sounded interesting. I think Jonah Hill could do a, a, a sick job as a director. Yeah, I think especially so too, like. Especially with a like a coming of age, a story like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the next one I have on the list is Mortal Engines. Have you seen the trailer for this? No, I haven't. God damn, it looks insane. So <laughs> it's it's uh, coming from Peter Jackson. Okay. And I don't even know, like, I can't exactly tell you the story because I'm not entirely sure what I watched when I watched the trailer. <laughs> um, but there's a gigantic, like, vehicle, but it's, like, the size of a city and it looks like Mad Max, like it's like a oh, whatever, okay. uh, yeah, like nuclear fallout everywhere. And um, I don't, so like, there's two vehicles, I guess I should say, in the trailer. And one, like, there's like a girl from one of them, and she's like, "What is that thing?" And the girl's like, "That's the city of London." And then like, it fucking shoots out these things that like, they're like grappling hooks, I guess, that take this other vehicle, and they basically like suck it in. It looks like they're about to like melt it down for its parts or i i don't i don't fucking know man but it was a very interesting trailer and you know peter jackson's at the helm so yep i'm in i don't know if i've ever been more excited to go check check out a trailer (laughs) like as soon as we get done honestly the way you described it sounds really really interesting so i'm what's it called uh mortal engines okay i'm gonna look that up as soon as we're done because that sounds interesting as hell what's the is that release date or month i'm not sure okay but I know that we're not getting any Mad Max films anytime soon, so yeah, I'm excited for this. <laughs> Alrighty, all right, my number, or I guess we're on four now, whatever. Okay, so uh, my other one, 
um, second to last, is called Game Night. And so this one is a group of friends meet regularly for their game night, and one night they find themselves investigating an actual murder mystery. So this is supposed to be like an action horror comedy. I think it's the only like comedy that I have. Um, but yeah, this one's directed by John Francis Daly, who every, oh, a lot okay. of people know as little Sam Weir on Freaks and Geeks, but then you know, he grew <laughs> up and he wrote and directed Horrible Bosses as well as the new Spider-Man film with Tom Holland. And I enjoyed both of those quite a bit. So he's got a little bit of repertoire there. Um, and yeah, like I said, Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams headlined this one. And it just sounded, this one, uh, more so than like, sounded not so much interesting to me. And like, like I really need to see this film, but just something that sounded fun, funny. Right, right. Um, that I, that I just kind of want to check out just because. And it's got a February 23rd release date. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I went back and watched the trailer after you texted this one to me. Because I, I think I saw the trailer a while back and I, I'm not sure what it was. There was something in the trailer that I didn't like. And so I kind of like dismissed the whole movie, but then I went back and watched this trailer and was like, okay, no, like whatever, whatever it was that I didn't like wasn't very memorable because now, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. but yeah, it looks pretty good. Um, that's funny though, uh, because just, I was going to say that I didn't, I wasn't able to watch the trailers for any of these because my internet was being stupid. So I, oh, I will okay. go watch the trailers, but so if there is something like that, then I'll, I'll see that, but I haven't, so I haven't watched the trailer for it yet, but I will. All right, go ahead. It's definitely an interesting concept, and I like having Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams. Like mm-hmm. they look, they look like they're gonna do pretty well together. But anyways, I'll yeah. move on. Uh, the Incredibles two is on my list. Fuck Hell yes, yeah. it's been I think it's like sixteen years. I can't remember. Too for long. Sure. Yeah, it's been a long time. But uh, and the I w- was happy and also a little bit surprised to see that this is just gonna pick up like right where the last one left off. Oh okay. Um, so. Yes, very excited. There's like a teaser trailer out, but not a whole lot like story wise is given away. Uh-huh. So, looks well, I couldn't cool. even tell you who the main actors were, voice actors besides. I remember Samuel L, but I don't. I don't remember <laughs> yeah. like anybody else. Do you, I can return? picture them, but I can't think uh-huh. of names. Yeah, I wonder if it's all the same people. I hope so. At least the parents is. Okay. Um, right, yeah. that makes sense. If the kids aren't, it won't even be. But anyway, all yep. right. Was that your last one, or you have one more? You I think I more? have one more. Okay, all right. I'll do my yeah, last one. Yeah, I have one. one more. Okay. All right, so my last one is, and this is, I don't, I might know the least about this one, even though it comes out January 20th. It's called Sorry to Bother You, and it's a comedy fantasy sci-fi film. Um, Boots okay. Riley is a pretty famous, like, rapper, poet guy, and this is, like, his directorial debut. So a lot of a lot of films that I pick were, like, people making their debuts, and I think it's, you know, I'm just interested more than anything. Right. Um, but the tagline for this is, a telemarketer discovers a magical key to a business success, business success and uncovers the macabre secret of his corporate overlords. So what? pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, pretty interesting concept, and it's got Lakeith Stanfield in it, um, who, like, from Atlanta and Get Out, and I just really love him. He's oh, just okay, funny as yeah. fuck. Like, yeah. he just... He's just really funny, and uh, so yeah, it's uh, January twentieth though, like ne- like it's next year. So I should know more about it, but I don't. But I'm looking forward to it anyway. <laughs> Do you know? Is he starring? Like, is he the the main character? It, I'm pretty sure he's listed first, and then Army okay. Hammer's listed second. Oh, okay, cool. All right, yeah, I can definitely get behind this. And Steven Yen's in it, which he's been in. Literally, I'm not even joking. Between Oakja, this, and like three other films I've talked about tonight, Steven Yen's been in all of them. <laughs> he's making money. <laughs> he is. <laughs> But yes, I'm excited for this one. And that's my last one for 2018. And there were a lot. I had to cut it down. Like, I had to take off Infinity Wars and stuff. But these are the ones I narrowed it down to. But you have one more, then. Yep, and it's also not Infinity Wars. Uh, Pacific Rim (laughs) 2, Uprising. Oh, yeah. Which, I can't stand that title. But I'm so excited to see another Pacific Rim movie. Um, I was really sad whenever the first one came out. And they they were immediately like, nope, we're not doing sequels. And Mm -hmm. then, uh, you know, eventually somebody got the stick out of their ass. And now they're... (laughs) Now they're making a sequel. Also, it has uh, oh god, I can't think of his name from Force Awakens. Uh, the guy that plays Finn, and he's well, also John John Boyega. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, uh, he's starring, and also Idris Elba's coming back, which is awesome. Who? I don't know who else, um, but yes, very excited. Who do you say was coming back? Idris Elba. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I like him a lot. I wonder if Charlie's coming back. I hope so. I hope that both. I hope that him and Ron Perlman and. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about Ron. I can't think of the the other girl main the other main character, but I hope that she's coming I back. Her name. But yeah, it looks really cool. That's really all I have but to doesn't say. this one? The first one was like a Guillermo film, wasn't it? And this one isn't though. 
Um, I think you're right. I don't. Th- I don't think it is. I think he. I think he pitched a concept, but um, yeah, I don't think that he's actually like involved with this one. That was like the big, like thing that I was reading about is just people seem to be kind of unhappy that you know it's not like his influence, like because everybody knows Guillermo and yeah. what he can do and stuff. But I and I wish I was like I wish I was more informed on like the story, but yeah, from what like from what I understand is he. I'm assuming the story is like derived from whatever he pitched years ago, but right. he's not actually like he's not involved. So I don't know uh-huh. if that means they changed it around or you know what. Yeah, I hope they kept his base idea at least like as long as it was good. But yep, yeah, I guess we'll see. Yep, and that's why. Yeah, like you said, a lot of great stuff in 2018. I'm very excited. Yeah. Me too. It'll be hopefully not as <laughs> as weird as this is to say. I hope it's not as good as 2017 because then I'll just have way too many films to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's looking good so far, which is good because with all of the you know remakes, sequels, things of that nature, it's it's good to have some fresh original content in the film industry yeah absolutely and uh because i guess there's already another jungle book live action film being made like it has nothing to do with the one that just came out and it's just it's one of the most unnecessary things ever (laughs) yeah so Uh, but anyway but besides that there's uh, there's looks to be a lot of good stuff on the horizon yep absolutely Uh, a lot of other good stuff on the horizon the explosive hammer podcast i'm excited to keep doing this for a full year now uh, yeah. We got a good. We got five episodes in here in 2017. If you're a part of that, thank you very much for being here. Uh, feel free to leave us a review on our iTunes, just so that we can kind of, you know, tweak anything that needs tweaked, and that'll help us a lot too with pushing our name out there. Um, outside of that, we're gonna continue doing the great things that we are, and hopefully, you guys are gonna continue watching the great movies that you are. And that's really that's all I have to say, like as far as like going forward. You get, do you have anything to add, Ryan? Um, nope, not too much. Like you said, I'm looking forward to continuing to do this in the new year. Um, and hopefully, like you said, everybody that's been listening enjoyed it and enjoyed all the movies they did see in 2017. And I hope just as you enjoy the movies, you continue to enjoy the podcast next year. Yep, absolutely. All right, that's going to wrap it up for episode 005 of the Explosive Hammer Podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye.